Pacific Coast Church, happy Memorial Day weekend. We are so, so thrilled that you decided to join us. And thanks for joining us wherever you're watching from, whether you're at your house, there's kids running all over the place, maybe you're on a walk. (laughs) However you got here, thanks for being a part of this Memorial Day weekend with us. We love Memorial Day weekend. Well, the first reason is because tomorrow you get to pull your white pants back out. It's the start of that. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. But no, but seriously, Memorial Day weekend is all about taking some time to remember those that paid the the ultimate sacrifice, giving their lives for our country. And because of that, we're able to worship freely in a country. So many freedoms that so many others don't have. And so uh, maybe today, tomorrow, take some time and honor those that pay the ultimate sacrifice. And we're also gonna be praying specifically for families that have lost loved ones uh, during conflict. And so thank you for being a part of this. And thank you so much for partnering through your giving. We are so blessed by that and humbled and we wanna say thank you for that. Yeah, we're so grateful for your obedience as the Holy Spirit directs you giving to Pacific Coast Church, it allows us not only to do videotaping like this, but an an actual in-person gathering. They're all made possible by your giving. And so next week, June 6th, we are gathering again at Freight House Square, 9 a.m., 11 a.m. It'll be full worship, the word, kids' church, free convenient parking, free coffee. (laughs) Uh, It's all going to be amazing. Make sure that you invite your friends. There's no need to register. Just come on out. It's going to be an incredible time. We also want to give you an opportunity to give now. We have so many different ways that you can do that. You can text the word donation to 84576. You can visit us online at www.pacificcoast.church. You can just click on give. You can also mail your checks directly to us at Pacific Coast Church P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. I love it. And as everybody knows, we're experiencing this reopening, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, of America, of our state. And so with that, it's 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 freeing us up. It's, it's going to be allowing us mm-hmm. to gather that much more. Yeah. So as this process unfolds, uh, we're following suit. So we say that to, to just to remind you to make sure you're following us on all of our di- different yeah. social media platforms, yeah. all right? You'll be getting all the most up-to-date information and content that's coming mm-hmm. down the pike. It's going to be a great summer. Yeah. We're looking far, forward to, to, to uh, church picnics and gatherings and yes. small groups and more opportunities together. So we're excited about yeah. that. Today, uh, we are continuing our series entitled Dear Ephesus as we look at the book of Ephesians. All right, so grab something to write with. It's going to be really, really good. All right, God bless you. Well, hey, Pacific Coast Church, we are in week three of this series entitled Dear Ephesus, and we've really been enjoying it. We've been getting a lot of feedback Mm -hmm. of you uh, letting us know that. So today we're continuing um, really uh, this letter that Paul writes to this church that he planted in Ephesus. This was the Ephesian church. And so in the New Testament, we have the book of Ephesians, which really is just a letter. And so we started this with week one, chapter one, where we looked at how Paul opens the letter and he's he's communicating 
exactly a few things here. And the, one of the things that he communicates is just the hope that we have in Jesus and that we're called to. He goes on to talk about the riches of the glorious inheritance that God provides each and every one of us and then the great power that God has for us and how we can live out exactly what he's called us to do. In week two, we see Paul has this kind of a, a, a before and after comparison and, right. and he's really comparing life before Jesus. We were all lost and broken and doomed and after Jesus and, and the healing and, and the purpose and the mission that Jesus, after Jesus, he heals us and then he puts us on mission. And so that was chapter two. And then, of course, today we're going to be talking and looking at uh, chapter three. And right out of the gate, Paul uh, wants us to know something. I want to, I want to read it and then, and then we'll unpack the first thought here. But Ephesians chapter three, if you have your Bibles, hopefully you do and Hopefully you're taking notes here. Ephesians chapter three, verse one says this. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. So right out of the gate, Ash, Paul is saying that I want you to know that I'm in prison and for me, it's worth it. Like being here imprisoned is worth Mm -hmm. the calling that I have and, and he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't say I'm happy to be here, right. but even in that prison cell, he's communicating that he indeed has a purpose. He, he doesn't open the letter and say, man, this sucks. I'm in prison. Can, can someone call my attorney? Right? No, he doesn't, he doesn't even go anywhere close to that. He literally is, is reassuring them that this is, this is worth it to me. And many of you already know this and we've already talked about it, but Paul was this Jewish Pharisee, right? And he oversaw the slaughter and the persecution of followers of Jesus. And then he has this radical supernatural encounter with the Spirit of Christ on the road to Damascus. And in that moment, he's miraculously changed. And he goes on to be an apostle. He goes on to being this Christian teacher. He goes on to be an advocate for believers. And he's planting churches, right? And so he, 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 he is here and now he's planting, he's a Jewish man, but his focus is primarily to the Gentile. And, and a Gentile, for those of you who do, don't know, is anyone that's non-Jewish. So mm-hmm. we're not Jewish, we're Gentiles. And so, so Paul is saying, you know what? It's so worth it to me as a Jew, as a follower of Jesus, yeah. to now open the door to all Gentiles. And he, he's, he's saying, this is so important to me, enough to even be imprisoned. And he really didn't want any of this to be a mystery, Ash. Yeah, no. And I don't know about you, but I feel like everybody loves a good mystery. Totally. You can't click on Netflix or Hulu without seeing the before and after shows that you talked about last week. But then also mysteries. And there's CSI something or another for every city. There's people always dissecting things to figure out who did what and why and all the things. And I remember when I was little, when I was young, one of my first favorite books was the Nancy Drew Mysteries. Mm. I love that. I loved reading all the things Nancy Drew. And I bet I was a little bit impatient. So I would sometimes get about halfway through the book, anybody with me, and I I would flip to the end 
and read the last chapter so I could find out exactly what happened. And you know what? I love the idea that Paul doesn't make us do this. Right. He doesn't make us wait until the very last deal or, or try and research and dissect and figure out these mysteries. He actually just puts these mysteries out there to us and for us. And he's basically connecting his anointing, his calling to ours. And he wants to make sure that we fully understand that. Look at what he says. We're going to start in Ephesians. Uh, We're going to pick up where uh, you just left off, actually. Let's Mm -hmm. look in verse 2. Ephesians 3, verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, meaning his anointing, right, from God, this, this assignment that he has. Verse 3, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation. Talking about Damascus, mm-hmm. even. Exactly what you were just saying on the road to Damascus. As I've already written briefly, verse 4, in reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery, there's that word again, of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. I just want you to realize Paul is foreshadowing. He's setting up this section. Remember that all of these letters were so poetic in their form and in their writing. And so his use of the word mystery, his repeated use, is setting us up for really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to unpack for our points, we're going to unpack three mysteries that Paul helps us to understand that are connected to his calling and also to ours. Yeah, so if you're taking notes here, I hope you are, write this first mystery down. Mystery number one revealed, here it is, your access to the assets. Your access to the assets. Let's go back to the text, Ephesians 3, verse 6. This is what it says. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, meaning the Jewish people, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ. What is is Paul saying here? He's saying we get all of it. Mm-hmm. It's all ours too. Yeah. God's cho- the same benefits and blessings that the chosen people of God get because of what Jesus did for us. Right. We now, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are grafted in and we, and we become stockholders. Yeah. We're heirs along with Israel and the Jewish people as Gentiles mm-hmm. believe. It's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, um, some of you know this, but my favorite movie of all time is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, it's my favorite movie. The original. The original yes. one. Gene Wilder, of yes. course. And, you know, uh, I'm just telling you, I, it's, you know, my, I, now I've got my kids hooked on it. And I've got literally, I have, I have pretty much the entire movie memorized. Oh, you and, do. And, and she'll like... The whole thing. Every, every, every last part of it. But... I love that movie, but what's interesting at the end, Charlie Bucket. Remember Charlie Bucket? He's the poor kid who eventually gets the entire chocolate factory because he has a good heart and all of these different things, right? Well, at the end, you know, he's got that 
everlasting gobstopper, right? That was like the big thing. Can you say everlasting gobstopper? And he has this candy, and I'll, uh, maybe you remember the scene where, where he has this pretty intense interaction with Willy Wonka, right? And the grandpa, Grandpa Joe, and they're going back and forth and everything. And anyways, Grandpa Joe goes, come on, Charlie, let's get out of here. If, if Mr. Wilkinson wants a gobstopper, he'll get one, right? And Charlie, they kind of storm up, but Charlie turns around, right? And it's this real dramatic scene where he walks back and he like puts the gobstopper, right? The everlasting gobstopper on Willy Wonka's desk. And in that moment, all of a sudden, Willy Wonka turns around to Charlie Bucket. And he's like, Charlie, you did it. And he's like, I did what? He's like, you got the grand prize. And he's like, what do you mean? Do I get the chocolate? He goes, oh, the chocolate. The chocolate's just the beginning. You get all of it, right? Yeah. And I love that picture here because essentially, because of what Jesus did for us, Paul is saying, you now, son, you now, daughter, you follower of Jesus, because of everything he did for you, you now have access to it. Yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't just stop right there. He doesn't just say, you get everything, right? He, he actually goes on to state that you now have everything that God has promised the chosen. Now we have that. You also now play a role in God's plan, meaning you have a calling on your life. You have a mission. You have specific things that God wants to do in and through you. And a huge part of Paul's anointing and calling was to make sure, Ash, that we are all aware of those things. And I want to confirm that by going back to the text. Let's go back to Ephesians 3 and then look at verse 7 because Paul, Paul confirms this thought that I just shared with you. And that is, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work working of his power. Meaning, he did it all and I simply just have access to it because our God is that good and he loves us that much. Verse 8, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles, here it is, this boundless riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration. Really, in the original language, this means the management. Like, or in other words, like stewardship, the, the distribution. That way, it's, it's, it's delivered and the way it's utilized. He says, of this mystery, so he says, and to make plain to everyone the administration, the stewardship of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So he reminds us that he knows his past and even his current struggles. Paul talks, I mean, in other places, he says, man, I, I, all of the, I, I want to do the right thing, but I can't do the right thing. And so, so he, he, he is communicating that even through his current struggles, that nothing we're ever called to has anything to do with how good we are. Right. It's all God's grace. And that's a huge part of his purpose is to teach us that not only do we have access to all that God has for us, all of his blessings and benefits, all of the riches, and I don't mean money, not, not monetary, like riches in, in, in the inheritance of what God has for you and I. Yeah. 
we also have access to them for a specific purpose and a mission. And that's really our next point, Ash. I love it. We see these themes over and over. And it's so funny, even when we're prepping, we we talk about, well, man, this is so close to what we even talked about the week before, but that's the point, right? right? Paul is reiterating all of this over and over and over. And so number one, the mystery number one that's revealed is your access to the assets. Exactly what you just said. We we get it all. Yeah. Just like Charlie, right? We get everything that the chosen of God, they have access to as well. Mm-hmm. All the promises. Mystery number two revealed. Your assignment and authority. Your assignment and authority. So we talked about the riches, the promises, the anointing of God, all of that that we have access to. But then he begins to unpack the how. So exactly what you said, the administration. How, how do we operate within these riches? How do we allow the Lord to utilize them in and through us? And that's exactly what he addresses in the next verse. Let's look at verse 10. His, meaning God's, intent was that now through the church, now I want you to to stop right there and realize that's you and that's me. If you are a believer, if you follow Jesus, you are the church, Mm -hmm. right? So God's intent was that through us, you and me, the manifold, again, remember what manifold means. It means multifaceted. It means the all-encompassing. There's so many variations and facets of the wisdom of God. So the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Not according to our purpose, right? Not, not what Ashley wants, but verse 11 says, according to his, meaning God's, eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, that is a huge verse. We could do an entire series just on that verse alone. But I want you to grasp this because it can go over our heads so quickly. God's intent, his assignment for you and for me as the church of Jesus Christ, as the body of Christ, we are to make God's multifaceted wisdom, right? His knowledge, his precepts. Maybe that's a better term for it. We're we're to proclaim that to the authorities, the principalities in the heavenly realms. There is a very real spirit world, friends. Mm -hmm. And we, as the church, God has called us to make his wisdom, his knowledge, his word, what he has to say about anything and everything known to those principalities in the heavenly realms. But I want to take it a step further because In the way that I have been taught that most of my life, I sort of just only saw it as me in my prayer life proclaiming things, right, to the spirit realm. And I fully believe that that is so important. But I want to take it a step further because the way that Paul unpacks this here is that our purpose as the church can and should often be making God's wisdom known not just in the heavenly realms, but those, those principalities in the heavenly realms establish work here on earth. That's right. They establish structures and organizations 
here on earth that we're to speak to as well. That's right. And so I don't want you to misunderstand this and think that this is only in your prayer closet, that this is only in your quiet time. Friends, you and I as believers in Jesus are called to speak what God says about situations, what Jesus did and the way he lived about everything that we see going that's on. Right. That's right. And I think that that's so much of what we're missing as the church. I want to go back to the scripture. Let's look at verse 12. We're going to pick up where we left off. In him, meaning the Lord, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. So you don't ever have to be scared of speaking what God says about anything. Even though there may be things that we face, man, we've been through that even recently. There may be things that you face as a result that you didn't want to walk through, but you don't ever have to fear that. You can speak in his freedom and in confidence because of what Jesus did. And I love how Paul actually unpacks the same thing in a different letter to the church in Colossae. I want to go there. Let's look at the book of Colossians. Again, it's just a letter, but we're going to jump to chapter 2 and start in verse 9. Paul is writing to this church and says, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, meaning all of who God is, is seen in the way Christ lived, right? Verse 10, And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness, He is the head over every power and authority. And then in the next few verses, he talks about circumcision, which is always a huge topic in that that time, and also baptism. But I want to jump to verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, right? He paid a debt that we couldn't pay, Mm -hmm. which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And here's the part where I want you to really pay attention. Verse 15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. Friends, can I tell you what that looks like to me? When I when I read that scripture, I, I go straight to Rocky, right? I, I think about him <laughs> in the ring and his arms are raised and da-da-da, da-da-da, right? And, he, and the enemy is just laid out flat in the ring. There's nothing you have to fear. That's right. Man, Jesus has already defeated all of those enemies, and he didn't just defeat them. Like, he made an actual spectacle. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I love that picture. And, you know, take, we, we take it to Jesus, right? This, this assignment and authority, it, it's so important that right before we see Jesus physically ascend into heaven, yeah. it's really the last thing that he covers right? with his disciples. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Starting in verse one, this, this is, I want to confirm this. And it says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, here it is, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Wait, 
Are you saying we're supposed to be doing that? Yes! <laughs> yes, friends, that's exactly part of our assignment. Let's go back to Ephesians, uh, to verse 13, because Paul continues uh, in this uh, area of subject. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. So we see this theme of humility in Paul's life as well. Verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. There's the reminder of mystery number one revealed. We are all God's children. We are all now a part of the chosen, meaning we have access to everything he promises, not because of who we are, not because of anything that we've done, not because of who and how and where we were born into. And any, no, no, it's because of everything that Jesus did for us. Yeah. He's the one that made a way for us. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's a perfect way of stating mystery number two, revealed and showing us again the power that God makes available to us and the faith required to access it and live it out. Here it is. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, meaning it's, 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 it, it's a total mystery, not able to ever really comprehend mm. that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that's, that's the last one. So n- number one, mystery one revealed, and that is your access to the assets. Number two revealed, your assignment and authority. And here's the third one. You can write this down on that as mystery three revealed your abundant acceptance. It's powerful. I want to go back to that verse. Let's look at it in detail. Ephesians three, uh, starting in verse 16, Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, meaning everything that God has promised, meaning the Holy Spirit inside of you that we now have access to because of what Jesus did. He, meaning the Holy Spirit, may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I want to stop there because some of you are even, you're processing for the first time maybe um, this idea that God does have all of this for you and you're hearing the scripture about uh, proclaiming God's kingdom and healing people and I want you to know that there is power available to you oh but pastor Ashley I'm not I'm not perfect yeah me neither none of us are that's the point that's why Jesus had to come so friend I just want you to know that the way that we grow in strength and in power and being able to access everything that God has for us is allowing his Holy Spirit to continually fill us What does that look like? Let's get real practical. It looks like us asking him 
to exchange our desires, exchange our thoughts, exchange our cravings, and however else you want to phrase it, for who He is. And we get in His Word, and we spend time in His presence, and we allow Him to saturate us in fresh new ways. Let's go to the next verse. 17. Uh, This is the second part of verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. I want to stop there and make sure that you underline that. Because that is everything, friend. You have to be rooted and established in love. Understanding God's love for you. And understanding that He's calling you to love others. And if you are trying to operate in the Spirit of God out of any other establishment, out of any other root cause, root reason, then you can't operate in the fullness of who He is. You have to be rooted and established in love. Let's keep going. That may have power, this is verse 18, may have power together, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. So when we operate in love together by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we get to this place to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love And I love how he says this, that surpasses knowledge. Wait, Paul, you want us to know something that surpasses knowledge. I think that that's really funny. And he's just doing, you know, a play on words. But he's like, the only way you'll begin to know how huge his love is for us, you can't ever really know it. The only way you'll begin to know it is through the power of the Holy Spirit and operating in unity as the body. Let's keep going. That you may be filled to the measure of of all the fullness of God. I just, I love the way Paul uses his terms because he wants us to know the unknowable and he wants us to be filled with the fullness of a God who can't even be measured. Right. But I think that that's so powerful to even begin to grasp. But I want, I want you to understand that we as the body of Christ, we as the church, we are called to operate in love and we can never ever ever do that without the power of his holy spirit and without understanding his love for us that he first loved us and when we begin to really understand that we we won't be swayed by things that maybe ordinarily would sway us yeah you know <clears throat> such a good point i love that picture of God's just abundant acceptance. And if we're going to truly be followers of Jesus, uh, you think about the acceptance of Christ, we we have to begin to model this in our own lives towards other people, right? You know, I know we have a lot of people uh, that that tune in and watch this this, uh, broadcast from from all over the world. Yeah. But... Obviously, we live up here in the great Pacific Northwest, and a lot of people uh, you're watching, you're from this area, and specifically Tacoma. I grew up in Tacoma, and if you're familiar with Tacoma, we have a somewhat famous bridge here called the Narrows Bridge. In fact, I grew up staring at it every single day because where our house was, out the window, you, you could see it, and I can remember so many stories connected to that bridge, but you know... 
some of you know this, but in 1940, uh, there was a bridge there called the Narrows Bridge that actually, in, a, in the middle of a storm, fell, like totally, it, it, it collapsed because of this storm, it was swaying. In fact, you can YouTube it, it's, it's on YouTube, it's so just, scary. just type in the Galloping Gertie, and there, you know, this, there's this, you know, the, the bridge is doing this, and there's an old kind of Dick Tracy looking car, <laughs> like sitting on totally there, and you fake. see this one guy running across. It's just, it looks insane, right? In fact, crazy. in our house, we actually have this uh, hanging on our wall, just kind of like a, it's you, the front page. yeah, it's the front page of the uh, of the Seattle Post in night, June of 1940. And there it is, the whole thing, as you can see, just 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 crumbled. In fact, there's that little car right there. But we had this hanging on our wall, just as kind of like a Tacoma history, uh, just a memory and whatnot. But, you know, I was even thinking about that. And what happened was the, the original construction really wasn't up to par. Right. It, what, it was never going to be able to handle any type of storm that came. And so sure enough, when that storm hit, um, that old Narrows Bridge uh, couldn't take that storm. It couldn't take the wind and it collapsed in to the Puget Sound. In fact, it's still down there right now. And they had to, they had to build another one. In fact, they, they, had, they had to build two. Yeah. And, you know, what they really had to focus on was the infrastructure of that new bridge. They had to focus on going deeper. They had to concentrate on the foundation. So that required going deeper, further down into the bedrock of the Puget Sound to establish that strong foundation so that when the winds came, that the bridge would be prepared for. They had to redo, they had to re-engineer all of the cabling. They had to figure out a way that when the winds came and the storm came, it would be able to hold up in any storm that came. And they're both still standing today. We've had, we've had some pretty bad storms in recent history. But, you know, going back to this idea, this, this principle that Paul is communicating here with this abundance of, of, of acceptance. Friends, I want you to know, until we are rooted, this is for the church here. When we talk about the church, it's you and I. It's God's church. Until, like Paul is saying here, we are rooted and established in love. God's love for us and our love for others. Until until we get that figured out, we will be swayed and crumbled at the slightest wind that comes our way. And so what we want you to know, and really this is Paul wanting us to know, that God's calling us to have his abundant love and acceptance as our foundation. And when we do, telling you what he can do and what he can do through us will blow our minds. So true. And this is exactly what Paul's trying to explain to us. He's trying to communicate. It has to be rooted in love. And that's the foundation for what everything else comes. Why? Because that's what God did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. And we close with verse 20 and verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 3. This is, this is the thought. And now that is, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, 
that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, mystery number one revealed. Your access to the assets. He has so much for you. Not because of anything that you did, but because of everything Jesus did for us. We are now grafted in. We, we are now a part of God's chosen. You're his kids. So with that comes blessing. With that comes benefits, assets. That mystery number two revealed. Your assignment and authority. He didn't just give it all to you to sit on your hands. No, he's given us assignment and purpose and mission. And he's given us authority to live out what he's called us to do. That's it. Right? Mystery number three revealed your abundant acceptance. That's what Jesus did for us. He, he, he took me at my worst moment. Right? He died for me while I was a still, before I said sorry. He did that for me. And so because of that, we as the church... That's what we're called to do. Acceptance, abundance of acceptance, right? Forgiveness, love, in Jesus' name. We want to take a minute and pray for you right now. Pastor Ashley and I, we're, we're, we're going to pray right now. And I wonder if you're watching right now and, 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 and two, two thoughts. Number one, you're watching and that last point we had about the abundant acceptance. Maybe you're at a place in your Life. Maybe you've been on a spiritual journey and it's now led you to Jesus. Maybe you've, tried, you've looked at all and, and listen, that, that's a good thing. But now here you are, you're at a crossroads and there's something going on inside of you. And you're like, man, this, this, this feels like something that I, that, that I need, right? Well, we want you to know that's not us. That's the Holy Spirit yeah. working inside of you. That's a good thing. And he's calling you, right? Scripture says that he literally, Jesus knocks knocks at the door of our hearts. And so maybe you're experiencing that right now. He's accepting you right where you're at, friend. Maybe maybe you think that you're too bad or, or you're not good enough or God's mad at you. And, and, and this idea of a God accepting you, you've never even had that, that thought before. We want to we pray for you. Maybe you want to say yes to Christ today. Maybe maybe this, this, this picture that Paul paints of, of access, right? That you're his chosen now because of what Jesus said. That's, that's the first time you've ever had that thought. And this reality that now you're put on assignment for this moment right now. Mission, purpose. Yeah. It's for you. And, and so we want to pray for you. I wonder, babe, uh, maybe you could open this up in prayer yeah. and then I'll close it. Wherever you're at right now, maybe you're with your spouse and we're going to hold hands here just as a symbol of that we're in this together. Maybe you got kiddos running around and there's scrambled eggs in your hair right now. I, I don't know, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, all that matters is that we're connected right now and the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you're at. So let's pray right now, babe. Yeah, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time or recommit your life yes. to him right now, there's not specific phrasing that you have to use or anything religious like that. Just let him know. Lord, I, I want what you have for right, me. Right. I want your life. I want your forgiveness. God, I want I want to do this life for you. And, and we believe that as you follow him, as you make that choice, number one, the second you believe, we know scripture says all of heaven is rejoicing. 
And literally, we just want you to, to be so aware. It doesn't mean your whole life will change in that instant. It means your eternity will. That's right. But it doesn't mean that everything will suddenly get better. In fact, sometimes it gets worse. Yeah, circumstances. Harder, yeah. But you don't do it alone. That's right. You don't do it alone. You now have the Holy Spirit with you, guiding you, directing you. And so if you've made that decision right now, not only do I want to pray with you, I want to pray for you. And so make sure before you log off, you text the word Pacific to 84576 so that we can connect with you this week. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for how you're moving, Lord. Thank you, God, that you did graft us in through everything that Jesus did, that we not only have acceptance, we not only have forgiveness, we not only have eternity with you, but Lord, we literally have access to all of the promises that you gave, that you spoke over your chosen ones. Lord, and we don't just have access to the promises. Lord, we have assignments Mm -hmm. and we have authority. We have the authority that Jesus literally took care of as he stood over those principalities. He defeated them and did the rocky stance and made a spectacle of them saying, look how weak they are. I am Jesus. I am your power. I am the authority and I give my authority to you. So Lord, help us get a glimpse. Help us get a glimpse of the promises that you give to us. Lord, help us get a glimpse God, of everything that you're calling us to with our assignment. Help us to get a glimpse of the authority that you've already given to us. And and Lord, what you want us to do with it on a daily basis. Yes, speaking to the spirit realm, whether it's established something on earth or whether we, we totally know by your spirit what it's doing in the heavenlies. God, we ask that you would give us a glimpse also of your crazy, abundant, multifaceted love for us that is beyond what we can understand. Help us to get a glimpse, Lord. Help it to change the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see our purpose, our lives, and the way that we see each other, God. We want to live every moment for you and in you. God, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit. Yes of your power, more of your transforming nature in and through us, God, as you begin to reveal continually. I'm so grateful, God, you're still doing it for us. You're revealing things that don't really look like you that are in our lives, and we have to continually repent daily and submit those to you. Help us to always do that, to always grow, to look more and more like you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to just quickly pray specifically for you, wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through, Lord, whether it's finances, sickness, relationships, um, direction, clarity, addiction issues. In the name of Jesus, we just speak healing to anyone of those areas. In the name of Jesus, we are in agreement according to Matthew chapter 18, right? We just speak that to anybody who's watching right now that needs a touch in Jesus' name. And then we just bless you 
in Jesus' name. Blessings, the, the blessings that we are talking about today yeah. is for you in Jesus' name. And God, I just thank you for every person, every dream team member, every partner of Pacific Coast Church. God, we're excited for what you're doing, where you're taking us. God, we thank you for the resources that are coming in. God, we thank you for everybody who has linked arms to see this new church plant in the great Pacific Northwest come to fruition. So God, we just give it to you. We stay humble. We take it day by day. And we know that you are leading us. May we find rest and peace in in taking the daily bread that you provide. God, we thank you that you have it all in the palm of your hand with a plan and you're leading us. And so we find rest in that today. So give us all peace. You are peace, Jesus, Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Hey, well, our prayer is that teaching was truly beneficial to you. And like every time, we want to equip you with just a few questions that not only can you meditate on and journal on, our prayer and hope is that you're in a small group so that you can discuss these questions. So if you're not, make sure you hop on our website and you can find out all the information, how to get into a small group. It's like our lifeblood at our church. It's one of like our foundational uh, principles. So make sure you do that. But here are the questions. Make sure uh, they go up quick. So screenshot it or they'll actually be in the comments below that you can have access to. So here we go. Question number one. According to scripture, what are among the boundless riches of Christ that are now available to us? Does your life reflect these? Why or why not? All right, so that's question one. Question two, what do you see as your assignment as a Christian and also specifically in this season? What does it mean that you have authority from Jesus? Ooh, I love that. And what do we do with it, right? Mm -hmm. Number three, how does beginning to understand God's great love for all of us affect how the global church operates? How can we gain a better grasp of this? Yes, so make sure you have those questions for this week. And we want you to know that Pacific Coast Church is a praying church. We believe in the power of church, uh, power of prayer in our church. And so we're all about it. If you have prayer requests, make sure you text the word Pacific to 84576. And there'll be some interaction there where you can give us your prayer request. Our team is praying for you all throughout the week. And so we or visit want, us online. Visit us online. That'd be yeah. great too. Yeah. yeah. Pacificcoast.church. You also can give online or you can text to give. You just text the word donation mm-hmm. to 84576 or you can mail your checks directly. Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. Friends, we love you. We are so excited for what God is doing, and it is just the beginning. Make sure you make it a great week, and share this link. Text it out. Send it to your friends. Post it on your social media. See you next week. Love you guys.